Back at it, Ed, Adam Candy, Jared, here on a Thursday. All right, we're going to reset this and get back to some VGK offseason storylines. Uh, I want you, I'm going to give you the storyline, and I want you to rank in level of importance because there's a lot of these um, in terms of if they can come back, if they can be a playoff team again, if they can reset, if they can have fewer injuries, all of that. And in terms of importance, uh, not really ranking them, but in terms of very, very important or less important than others, uh, for them to get back at them and know them how they thought they would be as Stanley Cup contenders coming into the season. The DeBoer-Leonard feud. So before I answer, is this Grainy's grade style? Oh, we can do that. We can absolutely okay. do that. Let's do a little Grainy's. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, Jared's uh, very busy. I didn't want to uh, disturb him. I mean, I would hate to disturb Jared. That's... You know, oh, good. Let's like do a, it. He's got a lot going on. Okay, I was going to say, it's like, I it's like, you know, the sign at the zoo, like, don't disturb the and animals. Like, I didn't want to, like, upset Jared if we. He's uh, got a lot going on. Him. All right. All right. Uh, so A means that it is of most importance. Yes. F, F means, means it's that not it is important of at all. no importance. The DeBoer Leonard feud. F minus. F minus. This is ridiculous. We should not be talking about can the coach and the goalie get along because, one, we don't know if the coach is the coach. Two, the goalie might not be ready for the start of the season. And three, they both have contracts and have jobs to do. Oh, I agree. F. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know if you were grading <laughs> no, as well, Ed. No, I thought you I'll, were grading no, too. I'll, I'll grade it as well. I, I totally agree. Look, they're both professionals. If they can't bury it, then they shouldn't be doing what they do. I'm sorry. I mean, and like I said, you and I talked about this before. We're both huge uh DeBoer uh, uh, supporters and him coming back. Um, I thought what Darren Millard said was interesting, that it's more on Leonard. Would you agree with that? Because I do think this is going to be more on him accepting his role, whatever that might be. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Let's say, look, let's say he can't start the season. Logan Thompson starts, and Logan Thompson starts out 8-1. and one. Can Leonard accept that if, in fact, all of a sudden his shoulder's healthy and he can come back? Can't accept it. Is it more about you know his ego or his still being upset with DeBoer? So I think, I don't know what you think here, I think it's far more like Darren Millard said about about Robin Leonard than it is Pete DeBoer. Well, if you want the perfect example of Robin Leonard ain't Marc-Andre Fleury, this is it. Because if it were Marc-Andre Fleury, it would be a different situation for Pete DeBoer because we've seen how loved by the fan, fan base, base, and at least for a while the organization uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was. So, no, this is much more on Robin Leonard. Mark Stone's back injury. A++. plus plus. Yeah. A. Plus, plus. This is the single most important issue for the Vegas Golden Knights this offseason. It's more important than the cap. It's more important than Jack Eichel. It's more important than what they do with the coach. Uh, if Mark Stone is not healthy, this team has major, major issues. Uh, there's a reason he became the captain almost immediately when he came in. What he does is a different skill set than Jack Eichel, and it is a skill set that is owned by maybe five or six players in the NHL. Mm -hmm. uh, he is one of the best defensive forwards in all of the league. He's impossible to move when he decides he wants a spot on the ice. He is able to make the right play consistently. Like You watch Mark Stone passes, and they don't have the flair of a McDavid or an Austin Matthews, but they're always the right play. And you could see he wasn't healthy. When he came back this year, I said it over and over again after he came back. I said, that's not Mark Stone out on the ice. And right now, even Mark Stone is admitting it's not Mark Stone. Right. So they've got to get him right because everything for me starts from having their captain in place. A plus everything he said. A plus. 
solid. <laughs> there's no solid. Incom- there's, no, <laughs> there's no incomplete there. Yeah, I mean, look, he he's got to come back healthy. It's going to be interesting because he did not he did not rule out and look we. And we probably won't hear, you know, it's a middle middle body injury with the back, I guess, um, instead of upper or lower body. He didn't rule out surgery. I mean, I don't think he ruled out anything when he talked to us after the season, right? He said he was going to get, you know, three or four more opinions. It was way too serious not to have many opinions. Um, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to uh, suppose, you know, surgery. You just hear back surgery and it's never a good thing. Um, but I'm with you there. If he doesn't come back and he isn't completely healthy, this is not good for this team. We saw him at not near his best, and it was not good when he tried to come back and play through it. I mean, all props to him for trying to do that. But we're talking, uh, if this is out months and months, and again, back injuries are tricky. This is not an ACL. It's like, okay, you're out six months. We'll rehab it. You'll be fine. Even the shoulder injury from uh, from uh, from Leonard, we don't know how extensive the surgery was. We don't know how long he's going to be out. But they can probably give him a time frame. The problem, and I think you'll agree, the problem with back injuries are sometimes there is no there is no time frame. You feel good, you feel good for a while, and then all of a sudden you don't feel good for a while. I have a twenty five year old at home hurt himself lifting two three years ago, and he'll still have back issues from that. You know, he'll still have back issues. He'll go a week with being fine, and then another day, you know, as twenty five year old, he's hard to move. Um, so back back injuries are tricky, but I do agree with you if he if he can come back healthy. He's as important as there is on that team. Yeah, I mean, he's the most important player on the team. I, I know that that gets thrown around a lot, but when it comes to how you set the rest of this team up, Mark Stone gives you the ability to set the rest of the three lines the way that they should be below him. He is, with Max Pacioretty, one of the better pairs in the NHL. When they stuck Chandler Stevenson between those two guys, it was great. You could even stick Eichel between them if you wanted to and create a super line from time to time the way the Oilers do. Uh, yeah, it, it all starts with Mark Stone. Getting under the salary cap. F. F. And the F is for fake. Salary cap's fake. Kelly McCrimmon and company have, have treated it that way from the jump. There's no salary cap. There's just who's healthy. So why would I care about the salary cap if I were a Golden Knights fan? Because the only time it ever really hurt me was when they traded Marc-Andre Fleury when they could have traded Robin Leonard. So in the end, uh, you know, you've got a quote in here from Pete DeBoer that says, I love being a cap team. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. Because as a Golden Knights fan, what I've been, you know, what I as an observer have been trained to, to think is that the cap is for sissies. So if you guys are going to keep putting it that way, I'm going to call it an F. You guys figure it out. I'm going to say uh, C, so we don't have to write it about it as much. C. Because, <laughs> because this thing has been driven into the ground so much, it's been written about so much, uh, I lose interest. And like you said, as we saw with Tampa last year and the Golden Knights finagling stuff this year, until and let me ask you this: Until you know, Beckman Beckman has said you know in terms of the rules, they might change those to get this under control. In terms of the rules, until they change them, I do this all the time. Why? I I'd have guys on long term IR. I'd have them on IR. I'd, I'd hide cap things. I'd circumvent it. If the rules are going to be what they are, why wouldn't you completely take advantage of them? I agree with the board. The board said, "Why would you not be? Why would you not love being a cap team?" You know, you can have everything under control, and then you're a bad team. You don't have as much talent. You're not saving as much talent in case you're a playoff team. Like I, I, I don't think it's a big deal. They do people just go crazy about this cap situation. You hit it on the head. Look what happened this year. Now they didn't make the playoffs, but they came down to the final week. They also had a ton of injuries. But in a normal year, when you don't have that many injuries, and you can you can 
I, I hide guys are I guess is a wrong is a wrong statement. But you can have guys on there to be under the cap. I just don't know why you wouldn't do it. I I, I don't think anybody and and people who get mad at the Golden Knights. That's the, the funny thing. Other teams get mad at the Golden Knights or have some snarky remarks. You wouldn't do it if you could. I mean, I don't you remember anybody do being mad at Tampa. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Tampa, Tampa Bay Lightning used this and won a Stanley Cup. You have to understand, if you're going to play the game the Golden Knights are playing, there is a wide, wide, wide range of outcomes. And this is on the far bad end of the spectrum, what happened this year. You can play this game with the long-term IR, and you can have these injuries, and then you can pile a whole lot more injuries on top of it, and then it can get worse, right? Because the way this was all going to work was starting out with Alex Tuck's injury and him being out for as long as he was going to be. And then the puzzle pieces for the Tetris ended up stacking up to the top and they lost. Jack Eichel being Jack Eichel. I'm going to only say B on this. Mm-hmm. B. And it's not because Jack Eichel is not important. It's because... Jack Eichel, apparently, since we never find these things out, even though the NHL owns equity stake in two sports books, we never get any real information about injuries from them. Jack Eichel played the last six weeks of the season with a broken thumb. And quite honestly, Jack Eichel was still pretty good. Uh, Jack Eichel led this team in goals for the time since he got here. And I think that when you look at what he was able to do with a broken thumb the whole time, I'm not really all that worried about Jack Eichel being Jack Eichel. So what does it mean in terms of them being good next year? Of course, it means a lot, which is why I give it a B. But I don't think it's top priority because I think you already got to see a lot of what makes Jack Eichel special. He is the one player on this team in the forward group who can basically take the puck from one end of the ice, skate to the other, and weave and dodge and pass and score and do all of the things that other players just can't do. There's only a handful of players in the league who can do it. And I say among the forward group because we've seen Shea Theodore do it 100 times for the Golden Knights. But overall, I'm not worried about it. I'm going to say B also because I think think Stone's the A. I think so. I think we both I think we both agree that Stones DA. Hey. I I mean, do I want to see Jack Eichel at, you know, at, at, at supreme level? I I I just want to see that. Um, you know, neck injury neck neck surgery that no one in the history of hockey's had, broken thumb, so we didn't see him at 100%, but like you you said he was pretty good at less than 100%. I just would love to see him uh, you know, top shape, top fitness and being who they said he was when he came here. And yet, like you said, even with the two injuries, I don't know if he was that, but he was pretty dang close. Yeah, you still saw a lot of what he can do. And the thing is, what was wrong with Jack Eichel with the neck surgery did not prove to be anything of a problem coming back. And just the fact that he had this theoretically experimental surgery that the Buffalo Sabres didn't want him to have and came back and didn't have any problems that we know of when it comes to and his health when it comes to that, that's one of the biggest victories that comes out of this season for the Golden Knights when you think of how long they're committed to Jack Eichel. Reestablishing, final one, reestablishing an identity, and I want to know what does that mean to you? I don't know. Did they all lose their driver's license? Like, <laughs> what are we talking about here with reestablishing an identity? I, it, I understand for a long time the Golden Knights had a fourth line that used to go out there and bang people around and get everybody all excited and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But by the metrics that we like to look at, they just weren't that good. 
So I don't think that's the problem nearly as much as it is that the Golden Knights used to have a second and third line offensively that was way better than their opponents. And this year it was the likes of, you know, Brett Howden and, you know, all those types of guys who were out there. Jonathan Marshaw, maybe it's a guy like me. Maybe guys have been here since year one. Maybe we slipped a little bit. It's on us in the veteran group that we have to make sure we're hard to play against every night. I don't think that we were this year. Agree real quick? Yeah, it's on them a little bit. But you know what? More than anything else, Jonathan Marshaw should have one of the A's for alternate captain on his jersey by now for this team. Um, I, I understand why Alex Petrangelo and Alec Martinez have them because they're the veteran guys and they're the guys who have won Stanley Cups. But... Jonathan Marcheseau, to me, is the most accountable guy on this team in terms of being honest when the Golden Knights don't get the job done. He's usually the one to stand up and say, yeah, it's got to be on us to figure it out. All right, you want to hear this next because I will get no answers right. Jared might back with Candy's Chonies. Candy's Chonies. Another one. PlayStation. And one more. Yahoo. Another. Marriott. One more. eBay, Uber, Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Home Depot, Facebook. God damn it. Candy's Chonies. Fine, we get UPS, it. Chase Bank, Tumblr, LinkedIn. People don't care about privacy. What they care about is a good story. Hmm. <laughs> my chonies are full i guess i should try to get something out of them time for candy's chonies everyone uh ed graney is going to try to identify what's in my chonies <laughs> he's usually great. pretty bad at this oh, pretty bad um, i haven't gotten one yet i might have designed an especially devious candy's chonies today but it is themed i'll give you this okay. much of a hint <laughs> candy's to chonies devious. today are themed so it's it's sort of like if the underoos were all cartoon like that's think that way think take yourself at least into that frame of mind cartoon think about something that well no something that we've talked about a lot today all right oh here is your first number from inside my chonies uh 14,829 your number is 14,829 Average, Do you have any idea what direction we're going here? Average attendance. Uh, I like where I like where you're thinking. Where would that average attendance be? Let's just see if we can work our way along here. Uh, Golden Knights games. That's okay. You're 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 on the right track. You are on the right track. This is a fact about a former member of the Golden Knights organization. Mm. Oh, so a pretty good start. You're off to a pretty good start. Uh, that former member of the Golden Knights organization is still part of the NHL playoffs. Marc-Andre Fleury. Wrong one. Perron. Behind the bench. Ooh. Gerard Gallant. Gallant. Okay. Okay. 14,829 is the population of Summerside, Prince Edward Island. Oh. The hometown of Gerard Gallant. Yes. Who is still coaching in the NHL playoffs. This edition of Candy's Chonies is going to discuss active NHL players and coaches who are within the Golden Knights organization at one time or another who are still playing hockey right now. Um, Gerard Gallant and the New York Rangers came from two down last night to defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-3. They had a lot of help from the fact that Sidney Crosby left that game uh, with an injury. Ed... Uh, Pete DeBoer aside, just Gerard Gallant, uh, 
would Gerard Gallant have had the Vegas Golden Knights winning a Stanley Cup by now? I believe no. I believe they would not have won, that they would not have had some of the same issues uh, scoring and otherwise in the Stanley Cup players. You know what the one thing I'd be greatly interested in is, and I think I know the answer, who he would have sided with in the goalie situation. Ooh, that is a very good would question. Have, I think you would have decided. I think he would have sided with Flurry. I think he would have decided with Flurry also. And you know, look, coming off of Vezina season, kind of hard not to side with Flurry. But I ask you that question for a reason because I personally believe that a Gerard Gallant should not have been fired. But B, I don't think he would have a. won a Stanley Cup by now. B, I don't no, think I, I don't he think should have been no. fired either. I just no, uh, no. I just no, don't no, think no. they would have won it. No. All right. Let's get to uh, let's get to another. Uh, okay. Got it. Uh, I had to pull one more out of my chonies. Okay. Five point seven five percent. Five point five point seven five percent. Jared and I are just playoff odds for uh, a team. I like where you're thinking there. I like where you're thinking. It does. It, it is still a hockey stat. Still has to do with the sport of hockey. Still has to do with a former Golden Knight. That's still playing? That is yep. still playing. All right, I'm going to throw names out there. Oh, All right, throw a name out there, and I'll, and I'll help you. Pierre-Edouard Bellamar. Uh, no, no. And by the way, 5.75% would be uh, somehow related to the size of Pierre-Edouard Bellamar's thighs. Because one time I saw him walking through the <laughs> locker room in shorts, and I was like, holy crap. That dude looks like... That that's the size of my chest. <laughs> okay, no, not Pierre Edouard Belmar. Oh. Uh, another, but also said, a former member Flurry. of the fourth line of the Golden Knights, like Pierre Edouard Belmar. We've already said Flurry. Uh, How quickly they forget. Egypt? Another fan favorite, Brad Hand. Brad Hand. I don't. I, I'm. I'm just throwing <laughs> names. Brad out. Hand. No, that's Brad Hunt, by Brad the way. Hunt. Yeah, Brad Hunt. And Brad he's Hand is a, is a relief pitcher. We're not yeah. talking about baseball right now. <laughs> uh, okay. 5.75% has to do with Ryan Reeves. Oh, oh yeah. Is that, right. him, is that him yelling uh, the lineup uh, in, 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 the, uh, in the locker room last night? No. All three of the beers from Ryan Reeves' beer company have alcohol levels that end in 0.75% because he was number 75. So 5.75 is the alcohol content in one of the beers for uh, his brewery. So Ryan Reeves is actually still getting real ice time for the Golden Knights, I should say for the uh, for the New York Rangers after leaving the Golden Knights in trade. Uh, we talked about the whole identity piece, Ed. Um, would Ryan Reeves still have a place on, on your Golden Knights? Oh, I'm going to say no. Yeah. I'm going to say no. Jared? No, 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 no. Although one time he did just off of a face-off at center ice, just sort of throw a guy down and take the puck, and it was genuinely, like, delightful. But I I liked when he were you at the game, Adam. When he uh, he said, I forget who he said it to. It might have been an Islander. Let's go, because Fury was on the building, and they dropped him before the puck dropped. Who was? That? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, was that? that was fun to watch. That was actually pretty oh, fun. Yeah. That was actually pretty oh, fun. Oh yeah. All right. So uh, I'll, I'll give you one more stat before we get out of my chonies. It's just kind of chafing me a little bit. Um, let's see here. 
Can this be point six five zero sixty five percent? No, six fifty sixty five percent. Well, I mean, there could be flurry save percentage. <laughs> oh God! Uh, I'm going to no, go back ha- to Jared's uh, guess because we haven't yet. But uh, I'll go back to David Perron. Okay, this is actually for someone we've spent probably the most time on this show talking about. Well, is he still in the playoffs? Ah, you caught me. So I actually was going very purposefully to someone not in the playoffs for the last one here. Uh, Robin Leonard is the point percentage for Pete DeBoer in three years as the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. I tie it back to an active coach by saying Gerard Gallant in three years as the Vegas Golden Knights coach had a point percentage of .605. Get Pete Pete DeBoer DeBoer re-signed. Get him re-signed to an extension, two-year extension for Pete DeBoer. We're all here for it. Okay, so Chonies, I, I want to continue uh, not getting one number. How does how does Bischoff do in these numbers? In all in all honesty, um, these numbers yeah. are difficult. Yeah, and and with Tyler, Tyler generally comes closer only because I use the numbers to troll Tyler often. Um, yeah, yeah, like like yeah, I does. will <laughs> I will find all the stats about the National Funeral History Museum. Uh, in Houston because that's where I suggested he go after he went to the World Series and they lost to the Braves and he had an extra day to spend <laughs> in Houston. So like it's stuff like that. So okay. he he usually has a, an advantage. All right. Yeah, you get the actual, like, we may have actually accidentally done educational radio <laughs> while talking about what's coming out of Candy's chonies. Tyler just gets browbeaten. I love the chonies because I learn something every time because when you don't know anything about anything, you learn something with that when, uh, when Adam brings the chonies. It's a beautiful thing. All right, when we come back, the one and only J.R. Starkist. Ready for the weekend? Let's find out what's on tap. We can provide you with a wine-tasting tour of Tuscany. We cannot change why you drink. It's Thirsty Thursday with J.R. Starkist. Who needs a drink? So we drink and we drink Follow him on Twitter at J.R. Starkist, key account executive, Southern Blazers, Wine Spirits, Nevada, our extreme mixologist. Here on a Thursday, let me read you something. 4A honors, All-Mountain League, first-team pitcher, first-team outfield player of the year. All-Southern Nevada, first-team pitcher, first-team outfield player of the year. This kid continues to take after his mother every day of the week. <laughs> JT Starkis, look at these honors. I mean, there's no there's no question the mother was some kind of incredible athlete in her time, and this kid is taking after her. What a, what a week for JT Starkis. you got to be proud. Oh, yeah, man. We are super proud of him. Um, you know, it's... It's it's good because you know he puts in a lot of the, he puts in all the work that you could ever ask of a of a of a kid you know and he does it basically he does it without any of the his mom and I don't have to say a thing to him like he knows he's got the tools and if he wants to achieve a goal at the next level then he's going to have to go get it nobody can do it for him um, and it's he's seeing he's reaping the rewards of his hard work and it's it's good to see um, the nice thing about JT is at least with what I feel his mentality is is that this type of an award won't, you know, it, it won't make him kind of rest on his laurels. This type of, this type of award um, that's given by his peers and all the coaches, you know, that coach in the four A division that, that that basically awarded it to him. Um, this will make him train even harder because I've always tried to teach him, you know, hey, if somebody gives you an accolade, prove them right, right, prove them right. So he'll. He will continue to work hard. I know he will to continue to prove those coaches right to not make them look like they made an incorrect decision. So, yeah, very proud of him for sure. 
Is this kid a junior? He is. He's a 2023. So he's got uh, he's he's got this finishing off this year playoffs tonight. First game for him, and then um, then all of next year as well. Okay. So my question, I guess, is uh, when the recruiting really really gets heavy, will you just be mixing drinks for coaches? I mean, just try to get them bombed with like you know with with different kind of drinks. So the, well, I mean, you know they're going to be interested in any anyway. But if Dad's coming with like the booze, uh, I mean, don't. Don't you think he kind of wants the coaches to remember his son? <laughs> yeah. Well, it could also be the type of thing where they say, I say, you know, well, you know, hey, this is the offer we have for your son. I'm like, hold on, let me make you a cocktail, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> and, you know, and then see how many cocktails it takes to increase the offer, depending on what it is, maybe, type of thing. You know, it's like, hold on, hang out for a minute. Let, I got something for you. I think you need to taste this, you know. Um, you know, maybe I just introduce him to you, Ed, and then, then uh, seal the deal right there. Ah, come on. Uh, I, I I couldn't help the kid at all. He's going to do fine by himself. Um, I mean, writer of the year, all that kind of stuff. It uh, helps. <laughs> who knows how many of them are really out there? Uh, did you uh, see Cora get tossed? Did I see say again? Did you see Cora get tossed on the call? Uh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that was uh, how last bad night. Was that which, call? There's been a ton of them this year, <laughs> and it's very fresh. It's been so. It's I, and it's not just against the Red Sox, right? It's it's. Uh, I'm uh, watching baseball games has become increasingly frustrating, and because like, I I don't mind a little bit of like human error, right? But egregiously bad. Like I mean, come on, people say, oh well, the angle of the, the TV camera, you know, you can't really tell. I'm like, come on, that ball touched the dirt, man. Like, or almost touched the dirt. There's been a lot of them like that, um, and it's not just Angel Hernandez this year. It seems to be stretching out like uh, to other umpires, and it's. Uh, it's 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 he's bad to watch man. Them. Yes. He's infecting them with his Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, you know, maybe he's, you know, they're staying at the same hotel and he's getting infected with them or whatever. I don't know, but it's 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 brutal. It's it's watching some of these calls that like, you know, some of them are ticky-tack. Some of them, you know, are close enough that um, you know, you would tell somebody to swing at it now, but I get it. Like this is the major leagues. Like, you know, you there's a strike zone and it's got to be kind of attained to. So I, I, now the argument, at least to me, is stronger than ever for, you know, the uh, electronic umpire kind of calling system at home plate. Like, just get it right, man. 11 and a half out. You got to be depressed. What a disaster the Red Sox are. They're, uh, they're, you know, I was looking at the standings today. Like, oh, Baltimore's better than them. The, 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 the athletics are better than them. It's like, oh. uh, it's brutal, man. It's, it's watching them right now is... is like I, I, you almost kind of like turn the TV on with one eye open, one eye closed. You're like, what's happening? Like, I went to dinner uh, the other night when they were playing the Braves. I turned when the TV was on in the bar. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> they're winning! And then I sat down for dinner, and I'm like, I, I half expected to get up and look at the TV and see that they lost the game because that's generally the way that it goes. It's it's so frustrating to watch them right now. Well, everyone seems can't be in first place. All right, here we go today. <laughs> Kick off the summer rapidly approaching. Uh, uh, you had, you've brought the guys in from horse, uh, horse soldiers USA uh, yeah. before great story. What do you have for us today based on that? Well, you know, so I wanted to do something for, for the guys in horse soldier because, uh, anytime, you know, you know, we have Memorial day weekend approaching it's, you know, uh, military appreciation month. And so anytime I can do something with the guys for horse soldier, um, I like to, and it just so happens that not only are in that month and, and Memorial day approaching, but. Uh, one of the horse soldiers by the name of uh, of Will Summers, he's actually in town this week doing some bottle signings and some meet and greets and stuff like that. So I thought, well, kind of what a perfect time to to put horse soldier horse soldier bourbon on display again. Um, you've heard about you've heard me talk about it before. Uh, you know the the twelve 
Force soldiers, as they become known, were the, the 12 um, first special, special Forces Green Berets to go into Afghanistan after the attacks of 9-11. Um, the story, quite frankly, is, is, is too long for me to tell on the air right now. It's, we, when we had them in the studio, we took an entire hour segment when we, when we had them in and, and still got only partial of the story out. The guys and the story is incredible. Um, if you've ever seen the movie, you know, like 12 Strong or uh, Legion of Brothers, something like that, you, you've, you've heard their story. But I highly encourage anybody listening now to kind of, you know, do a little research on the guys. It's really an incredible story what those guys accomplished and to, to, to go in Afghanistan right after 9-11. Um, for, the, for the drink that I'm doing today, I, I called it Horsing Around. Um, and it's, it's an easy drink to make. It's perfect for, it's, it's a little bit different from the typical whiskey cocktail that you'd make because when most people think whiskey cocktail, they think old fashioned Manhattan sour, maybe something like that, which is, it's, they're all great cocktails, but I wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, so what I did is I took an ounce and a half of horse soldier bourbon, small batch. Now they have a, they have their, their bourbon, they have a small batch, which is 95 proof. And then they have a barrel strength, which would probably be a little bit too high octane for this particular cocktail usually ranges around the 115 to 118 range. That's a little too much for this. This nine horse soldier small batch is 95 proof. Perfect. One and a half ounces in our mixing tin. Uh, adding to that, I'm adding an ounce of St. Germain, which uh, you've heard me talk about this brand before too. It's kind of like the bartender's ketchup. It, it, it's, it's known for bartenders to kind of go into anything. It doesn't matter to the spirit. It just works. Um, St. Germain has hints, people say, of pear or maybe lychee. We're going to add an ounce of that. Uh, and, and it does have some sweetness to it. We are going to offset that sweetness with only half of an ounce of lemon juice. Um, we're not going to add any additional simple syrups or anything like that. So we're going to just do one ounce of the St. Germain and half an ounce of fresh lemon juice. A couple dashes of orange bitters. Take all those ingredients and shake them together with ice. Um, you're going to strain those ingredients into a cocktail glass, or a martini glass or something like that, and then just top it with a little bit of, of brute uh, wine, brute sparkling wine, brute rosé, something like that. Um, if you like to drink a little bit sweeter, then maybe you can add a sweeter wine, a sweeter style sparkling wine. But the sparkling element by the brute will kind of dry out the cocktail a little bit for us. And garnish it with just a piece of mint. Um, it's a really great kind of refreshing cocktail, a, a nice way to enjoy bourbon a little bit differently. Um, if you want to make something a little more on the craft side of, of whiskey. Um, if you want to go out, if you don't have any horse soldier, um, I think big guys were at I think Will and the team were at Corey's Liquor last night, if I'm not mistaken. I know today they are at um, Lee's at Lake Mead store from like 4 to 6. And then later on, they're also at Caesar's Palace at Monte Cristo from 6.30 to 7.45. So if, you wanna, if, if you're listening and you want to go out and meet the guys or meet Will and have them sign a bottle or have a cocktail with them, uh, ask, like, just take the time and do it. It's an incredible story. Uh, they're really willing to share the story with you. Um, and the, the stories that they have to tell are, are you know, like unimaginable how cool they are and, and special and, um, and reminiscent, frankly. I mean, just the guys are, are, are great, great heroes to our country and uh, worth a visit and the shake of their hand. I certainly appreciate it when I do. All right, press box transition. Uh, JR, I was wondering about this because uh, I had – I had dinner with basically, or well, not dinner, I had drinks with my entire family, and they brought up the fact that in 2017, during the MLS Cup shootout, uh, Sporting KC, which is my MLS team, won in a, I want to say it was like a double shootout, and I went flying off my bar stool and tumbling to the ground 
And it's just something they bring up all the time. Like, hey, don't put on MLS. Jared will fall off his chair. Uh, what is the most, like, ridiculous thing you've ever seen someone celebrate a sporting event at a bar where you're like, yeah, they're cut off? Um, let's see. I, well, I, it's, it's, so, I, I would say the most, I don't know if it falls under the same category that you're, like, I cut the guy off, but. Um, I'll tell you this, like I had a guy, this was, I forget the year, man. What year was it when the Ravens, the Ravens and the uh, Titans were in a playoff game or something like that in in the NFL? It was, I I forget the year, Um, but if I'm not mistaken, like the Ravens won that game, if if it was. Regardless of the, whatever it was, the guy had a ticket that he um, thought he lost. And after he found out the score of the game was at my bar, um, he threw the ticket down in disgust that he lost the game because the, it, it, that you know he thought he, he he lost his money and I picked up the ticket and I looked at it and I was like, sir, um, you actually won this bet and he's like, what are you talking about? I guess whoever put in the the um, the, the bet for him put pushed the wrong button, so he thought he had one team when he in fact had the other and he won like eighty five thousand dollars <laughs> oh. and and he threw the ticket down in disgust, like almost tore it up. And so that's the type of thing. Like, I'm like, dude, how drunk are you that, one, you didn't look at the ticket before you left the window, uh, two, you just put it in your pocket, and you didn't look at it like the entire game. Like, the game ended, and you were so set that you had this one particular bet. Like, if it wasn't me, like, or I don't know how many bartenders would have looked at it and not just put that ticket in their pocket and taken the money later because the guy threw it down disgust. He was so angry. Um, and so that, that's probably my, my best or worst betting terrible better story i guess ah you're an honest kid follow him on twitter at jr starkus instagram jr makes drinks that drink will be up there later today what's on tap every thursday here from southern glazers wine spirits nevada thank you buddy congratulations again to the kid awesome guys appreciate it very much thank you talk to you next week you're locked in the press box featuring adam candy two tickets may 25th doobie brothers Two tickets, May 25th, Doobie Brothers, Zappos Theater at Planet Hollywood right now, 702-364-1100, 702-364-1100. If you want to go to the Doobie Brothers on May 25th, caller number 7, 702-364-1100. Give us your calls right now, and you can go to the Doobie Brothers on May 25th at Zappos Theater at Planet Hollywood. Uh, we talked about this yesterday, and the TV in the studio does not, I guess, go to sports stations <laughs> Because every morning, starting at 6 when we walk in here, we see Charmed, uh, the witch show. Um, one, how much do you know about Charmed? And two, are there are there shows that you'd be embarrassed to say that you watch? Well, I'll ask you this question about Charmed. Which witch is which? Well, Alyssa Milano's on there. I don't know what she plays. She's a witch. Um, it used to be Shannon Doherty. Uh but she left after like the first or the second season. Jared tells me, um, "I'm gonna. Uh, I, I, this is great." Alyssa radio. Milano. Alyssa Milano. Alyssa. Samantha. Are oh. you talking about her? No, I've got it right now. Holly Marie Combs was Piper. Alyssa Milano was Phoebe. Shannon Doherty was Prue, and Rose McGowan, who I think replaced Doherty, was Paige. So you had Piper, Phoebe. Prue and Paige were the witches. 
I'm just going to keep yelling Samantha until we're done talking about this because that Bewitched? was Tony Danza with Alyssa Milano on Who's the Boss? Angela. Oh, Angela was the about... boss. Was the boss. This is true. I, I know I know that there were some question among the masses as to whether Tony or Angela really ran the house. But uh so yeah, I've seen Charmed largely because um same thing. Like it's on <laughs> it's every on all the time. network after whatever sports happened to have been on previously. Uh, what show would I be afraid to admit that I've watched? Ooh, back in the day, and this has not been a recent thing, but back in the day, I could have told you everything that was going on on Dawson's Creek. Oh, um, nice. I, Katie Holmes. I, James, oh, Van, James Vanderbeek. Is that his name? I, I, I don't want your life. Yeah, like James Vanderbeek is very, very, very high level of acting. And then Michelle Williams went on to be like That's an right. actual real actress. Michelle Williams actually did like dramatic stuff. She was very good. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I would say Dawson's Creek. And then I, I don't know. Is this one that you're supposed to say you're, that you don't watch or or, or not? But I, I still watch The Voice. Oh, uh, we don't miss it. Okay. I just want Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to say that I've never cried at the voice because I always cry at the voice. I, I do. I, I love seeing these children have their dreams come true of being the next next Ruben Stuttered. <laughs> what about if you're a voice guy? Are you an American Idol guy? I can't get my head around it the same way. I've nah. just never been. Able, I, I like the I'm judges not a on the voice. Katy Perry a lot fan. Like, yeah, and and. What is what is that animatron claiming to be Lionel Richie on that show? Like, I, I just want to talk to Lionel's plastic surgeon and say, listen, uh, man, yeah. I, I, I hope you at least gave him the, you know, like get one free for every 10 surgeries punch card because it doesn't look good. It's Jerry Jones level there. Lionel Richie. Guess the age. I would say Lionel Richie is probably about 74. Good job. 72. Yes. Good job. Seventy-two. He was in the Commodores for like no, what I, a decade. I mean, like, I mean, seventies was going to be easy. But yeah, seventy-four, seventy-two. There's a Candy's Joni right there. I gave you a name. <laughs> gave you a number. Um, th- let me let me do it. And I like. I think. I think. Um, uh, Blake Shelton is terrific on The Voice. Oh yeah. I think he's funny. I think he's self-effacing. Um, they've had others. Uh, um, you know who. You know who I didn't think was bad that I didn't know going in if she was going to be good? Let me know what you think. I didn't think Ariana Grande was that bad. At, uh, no, she was actually I th- really I th- good. I thought she was actually really good. She was. No, she was a fantastic coach. And here, All right. If you were to go for things that some people find are embarrassing, I do not find embarrassing. has to do with the voice coach. Um, my queen, about whom I will accept no slander, is Kelly Clarkson. Really? Uh, Kel- I like her. I- I listen to Kelly Clarkson's music unabashedly. I've been to mul- multiple Kelly Clarkson concerts. Really? I enjoy her work on The Voice. It is not about a like attractive thing. I just love all of her music. I love the fact that she doesn't really give a damn about what she says. Kelly Clarkson is my queen. I will accept no poor words about her. I'm not going to give you core words about her. I think That's what I like good. to hear. No, I think she's very good. Of all of them, I'm not so sure how much I'm into Legend, but he's fine. But uh, I do think I do think between Clarkson and uh, Blake, awesome combo.